Remember, if you don't fill your day with max potential habits, your day will fill with chaotic, draining distractions. That's why I've created the Max Potential Habits podcast. Welcome back or welcome for the first time. I'm Dr. Amanda Variantes, the host of this podcast and the founder of NFA Coaching. This is the place where I bring you tips, tools, strategies, and inspirational interviews each and every week to help you optimize your habits so you can thrive in life and business. And this week is part number two of all a compilation of all of our guests from 2019 who shared with us their top three max potential habits that got them where they are today. I know if you're a loyal listener, you've been hearing these interviews all year, and I thought it would be incredible. My team and I came up with this idea, really fun. Again, shout out to my team, they're awesome. We thought it would be fun and valuable for you to have them all in one place over the years so that you can hear from the rock stars who are really performing at an optimal level, the experts that we bring on in their area of expertise. And I always ask at the end of every podcast, the guests, I ask them what their top three max potential habits are. If it were me listening to this episode, I'd get out a piece of paper and a pen and write down what they say, and you'll start to see patterns in what they're saying. You'll notice that many of them talk about the same habits, and that's because success leaves clues. Successful people practice max potential habits. That's just the reality. So if you want to thrive in your life and business, listen up, listen to what the people who are rocking it out are doing, and write it down and start to think about where you can make some shifts in yourself. What habits do you need to add? What habits do you need to drop so that you can really power yourself up for 2020, this year, and for this next decade? Imagine where you could be if you're sitting on your couch December 31st, drinking a nice cup of tea, reflecting on your year, December 31st, 2020, and you're thinking, hmm, what did I create this year? What are all the habits I implemented to create my dreams, to fulfill my vision, to have connected relationships, to up-level my money, to have that business that I've always wanted to start, to have a family that I love, and on and on and on. All of that is habit. Joy is a habit and misery is a habit. Which are you going to choose? That's why we created this part number two of this episode today. I hope you enjoy it. It's a little bit fragmented. If you listen to part one, you'll hear it every time I say, uh, I I ask the question of a new guest. That's a new guest that you're going to hear. So we pieced it together the best we can. I hope you enjoy. If you're loving what you're here, of course, take a screenshot. Tag me at NFA Coaching. Let us know your favorite habits or the ones that you're going to implement. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy the show. I want to know, what are your top three max potential habits that you believe got you where you are today? Mm. Man, this is, this is a great question. I believe the first one is just being able to sit with myself. So meditation, right? Like if, if you can't just be in the silence and even, you know, people who are close to me who are super about personal development, um, I even hear from them. Like I have things coming up when I meditate that I don't want to think about like from my past and I don't want to share it with anyone. I've never shared it with anyone. And I'm like, God, that must suck, you know, because I've I, thankfully I've been with so many coaches, so many safe spaces to be able to share those deep, dark insecurities and stuff that I never want anyone, never wanted anyone to know. Right. And so I was able to share that. So meditating, I believe, allowed it to come up and allowed me to kind of just sit with it 
and not judge myself so much. So that's number one is meditation, sit with yourself, uh, whatever's happened, learn to create a space of non-judgment, of forgiveness, of forgiveness and love about yourself. Uh, but that's one. The other one is uh, really for me, a, a big transformation, a habit, so to speak, a habit of mindset was going from how can I get and how can I make money from this person, from this relationship into how can I serve in this relationship? So every day to check myself, like, why am I going into this conversation? Am I going to this conversation to get or am I going in to serve and to ask, how can I really make a difference for this person? So that's a habit. That's a, it's a simple check. Um, you can have a reminder on your phone. You can put a sticky note on your fridge, on your mirror, wherever. Like, am I, am I coming from service, right? Am I coming to, to truly serve this person? Um, and then the third one, you know, I would say it's, it's really investing time, money, energy into the things that I believe in into the values that I want to grow in myself, whether that's coaching, whether that's, uh, you know, hiring coach, getting into seminars, getting into these different places. I have made myself a habit of investing into my personal growth, into my development and investing into new experiences, right? It's like what, like being conscious of how do I invest my time? That there's this, this habit of time prioritization, time allocation. How do you invest your time? And I think that's good. And I also think like the energy, where, where are you investing your energy, your time invested, that shows you what's important to you. And so for me, I invest my uh, energy into new experiences with my girlfriend. We go do new things. Uh, we just did uh, like naked yoga by candlelight in our own private wow. private house, which that's was fun. a ton of fun. You know, <laughs> I like had it on my list of 101 things to do. And I'm like, let's do it, you know, just to like feel free about yeah. ourselves. Yeah. So it's like, it doesn't even have to cost money necessarily. Although yeah. I feel when you do invest that money, you're, you're more invested. It, you care about the experience more. Um, but just like do new things. Try, like try something you've never done before. Do your first time for something. Uh, you know, go to the grocery store, try a new uh, vegetable that you've never tried before. Just mm. do new things. Invest your energy, your time, your focus into the values that are important to you. I want to ask from you, what would you say are the top three max potential habits for speakers? Oh, that's great. Um, I would say for the speakers, and we've said some of them before, so I'm going to repeat them because they're so important, but I've got, I've got a new one, new idea as well. And first okay. of all, um, like we said, visualize what you want the end to be. What do you want the, what's the end state of your audience? Okay. Two is prepare. Any speaker that you see that is full of ease and grace and comfort, it is because they prepared. Either that talk in particular they gave dozens of times or they have been speaking for decades and they have that comfort with it. And the third I would say is to respect and honor where you need to pause. Mm. Ooh, tell us a little more about that. So pauses are very, pauses are your friend. As a speaker, time is, and awareness are moving very differently for you than for the audience. And so when people have a moment of, they can't remember their words, or their emotions are gotten ahead of them a little bit. When a speaker pauses, it's going to feel like a really, really long time. It does not feel like a really, really long time to the audience. 
letting yourself take that breath, letting yourself reconnect to yourself, letting yourself connect to your audience. It's all, it feels natural. It feels present. It doesn't, the audience is rarely feels, I've only, in, in this many years, in this many performances, I've only known of one speaker where people were, uh, it was a little bit much for the pauses, but because um, they were like seriously 30 seconds long. So yeah. maybe not 30 seconds. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but yeah. you're right. I, you know, it's, I think when people get nervous, they tend to talk too fast. Yes. And so, you know, if public speaking is such a big fear for people, they just go, 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 go. And, and it makes sense. But I love, I, I don't know, even when you said it in my body, just relaxed, mm. you know, there's something about like respecting, you said respect and honor where you need to pause. It, it's such a good metaphor for life in general. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, but it's like, yeah, in public speaking, it is, you're right. If you watch those really powerful speakers, they are, it's like a, it's a dance and, and they're taking yeah. on a journey and they are pausing. You know, I, I hadn't thought of it that way before, but that's yeah. so valuable. Yeah. Help. So I want to ask, what would you say are the top three max potential health habits that you would want to share with listeners? I would say number one is to just start taking yourself as a priority, moving okay. yourself onto your schedule, put yourself on your schedule. Mm. And Daily. when you say yourself, your health, your like, tell me a little more. Put your health on your schedule. Yes. You know, okay. you just schedule it because it, like everything else in your life, if you're not scheduling it for most of us, it doesn't get done. Uh -huh. And after a while, it'll become a priority. Drink more water, you know, and I number two, I would say de-stress. The most, one of the most important things too, is to really find areas of your life that you can start to add, you know, just calming methods to. Find okay. somewhere to de-stress because that is the number one cause of all illness today. And it causes inflammation, which is leading to cancer, everything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, besides being yourself, number one, self-care advocate and start putting yourself first and scheduling yourself, you know, find areas in your life where you can de-stress in little small ways, mm -hmm. you know? And then I think number two is really just starting to, you know, look at your health journey. Where do you want to go? Look at your health today. Is it where you want to be? Mm -hmm. If it's not where you want to be, then you have to start taking steps in order to move it into a different direction. Mm -hmm. And I read this um, thing this morning by John Maxwell, and he said, you know, leaders are not born, they are developed. Mm -hmm. And your health is the same way, ladies. It's developed. It's a journey. And the journey is going to change, you know, from month to month, maybe, maybe year to year, different age stages you're in, men too, it changes. So take time to reflect, just like you sit down at the beginning in January and you reflect on the coming year or, you, or in December, like what you want for the next year, as far as like most of us want like business. And we looked at and we put all of our business goals down, do the same thing for your health. Mm -hmm. What health goals do you want for the next year? Where do you want to be different in a year from now? What can you change that or isn't working? Because if you look at yourself and you're not healthy, then obviously the things that you're doing have not been working. So be willing to be open Mm -hmm. to change. I really want to know what you think the top three habits are for developing and fostering a fulfilling relationship. Mm -hmm. So I would say number one, um, self-awareness, 
I mean, you're going to have to have that anywhere <laughs> in business too. I think it's, it's a really important, important yeah. one. Yeah. Um, it's really understanding or in listening to yourself and as this like sub thing to that, it's that honesty, like, you know, really being honest with yourself, you know, what it is that really is aligned for you. Yeah. And that's, you know, like I also said, takes kind of moving beyond the webs of these things that we're not even aware of that we're taking on that aren't us. So that takes kind of um, a regular practice, I think, to get to. Definitely yeah. to that for me. Yeah. Because um, certainly I had no idea how I was operating in the world until I chose to figure it out. Um, <laughs> And then choice is a good one. Choice is a good one. Like being willing to um, be in choice. Like, you know, you have that power. You get to choose. You get to choose and experience and choose again and choose again. It's beginning again, beginning again, beginning again all the time. You know, so whereas you know, if you're not doing that, you may be spiraling into, oh, I did it wrong. I'm never going to succeed. And, but really it's choose again, choose again, choose again, choose again. I love that. And then what would be the third one? So many good ones. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to, um, this is something that I've been playing with more recently that comes from a body of work called Access Consciousness. And it's really being in the question, you know, like, and RIM is like that too. Like you're really kind of exploring what wants to happen now. Like what wants to happen now? What would I love? Those are kind of two, what else is possible? Those are some fun questions to be in all the time. Cause the, the power of a question is that, you know, what we know of, what we're aware of in our life, kind of like the conscious thing. It's like such a small percentage of, you know, our awareness is that small conscious space. When, when you use a question, it actually naturally brings you out beyond that. It asks the universe, it asks spirit, it asks whatever you want to call it to show you something beyond that. Mm -hmm. Like what wants to happen is beyond your conscious awareness in yeah. the moment. And you sense it, you notice, okay, I'm drawn to this. And then you do that, make that choice. And, and so that's how we keep moving. And to me, it's life changing these things. What would you say are your top three max potential habits, Matt? I think the first one is to really trust yourself. And no, uh, not be afraid to be yourself. Um, trust your judgment. That's the really, really, really important. Uh, and don't give in to fear. Trust mm -hmm. yourself and go for it. I think the other, another one is to really see opportunity, no matter where you are and what's happening, and to um, act on that. See opportunity, act on it. Don't be lazy about it. Be inspired. Go for it. There's nothing more fulfilling in your life than seeing opportunity and going after what you really, really want. 
and then momentum. I think that's the biggest, one of the biggest things for me is I think to keep things going, to keep the momentum going, because I think if you go and then stop, you go and stop and you go and stop, um, it's almost like going to the gym, you know, <laughs> you go to the gym, you're like, woo, I feel great. Then you stop going and you're like, eh, I can't do it anymore. And it's very analogous to a lot of things, especially when you're building a business or when you want to go someplace or, you know, be more successful. You have to keep going. You have to be, build that momentum. So it's a lot like going to the gym, keep going, you keep going, you keep going. Yeah. Even if yeah. it's painful, you keep going, you keep going, you keep going. Yeah. What would you say are the top three max potential habits that you have implemented to get where you are today? Okay. So and number actually, one, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you two sets. I'm going to ask you for you as a person. And then for people who want to develop a YouTube channel that's successful, what would the top three habits be there as well? Okay. I'm going to start with YouTube. Okay. Cool. Um, one is, one is you don't need to show your face. So a lot of people have this idea that, you know, you have to record your face on YouTube channels. And, and if, it, if it's going to create the habit of you producing content, don't show your face. You know, my first video, the Facebook ads one, my face was nowhere near it. I didn't want to show my face. I was scared. So what I did was, is I just screen recorded me talking kind of like a podcast, kind of like a, a video tutorial. And it kind of got me more comfortable. My first few videos were like that. Then eventually I showed my face. Mm -hmm. So go at it, you know, whether it's not showing your face or whether whatever it is that's holding you back, just take that out of the equation and see if you can do it. Mm -hmm. um, th then the, the second habit is really find out your purpose, your belief and your core principles. Um, because the, the last thing that you want to do is, is you want to build the habits of really knowing what your mission is in the world. Mm -hmm. And if your mission is to give back to uh, endangered species, well, make YouTube videos to complement those beliefs in that core system. And the reason for that is because things change when you, as you get older and as things happen that, you know, all of a sudden you believe in different things. So you want to really know what to stick to and, and build the habit of reinforcing those beliefs and just sticking to it. Kind of like what you said, the domino effect and uh, those keystone habits will get you to, you know, your core belief and exercising that muscle as much as possible. Um, and then the third habit is learn technical. You know, if you don't know technical stuff like uploading a video, optimizing the keywords, adding the tags, I'm going to tell you your competitor does. So I spend a lot of my time learning some of these little technical things. Um, and it's not because it's the most important thing. The content's what's most important. But you should know how to design a thumbnail. You should know how to do a, a text. You should know how to optimize titles. Read yeah. books on how to make better titles. Because that yeah. stuff goes a long way. If you ever go on Facebook, you always see these, these clickbait ads that people are sharing, right? Like, like, like big pharma CEO uh, says, screw, screw the public, let, let's satisfy the shareholders. Those types of titles that get clicks. Yeah. Even though it may not be true, it's still getting the click. That place is still getting the attention. Yeah. So, and then as a person, you know, the three biggest habits are one is reading. I can tell you're a huge reader. I see a bunch of books in the background. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it's, uh, it, it's, it's one of those habits to where I spend like 15 minutes a day on. Um, but I swear to God, every time I read, I have something revolutionary to bring to work. And yeah. one of, yeah. one of those things is the concept of MACJ, which is the madman architect, carpenter, and judge. And basically it's a project management philosophy that Harvard uses. And I would have never learned that if I didn't pick up a book. These people that are writing these books are too busy to be Gary Vee, right? They're, these are real impactful billionaires writing. 
So yeah. you need to read it. If yeah. you want, that's what your goal wants to be. You need to read what these people are doing. So that's the number one habit. If you don't like reading, you're not going to be successful. I firmly believe that. Um, and then the second one is start building the habit of bettering your relationships in person. So you talked a lot about relationships in the beginning and you talked about kind of that's what a lot of your podcast is about. And if you can't build a relationship with yourself, like I said before, you're not going to be able to build a relationship with people. So get better at communicating with the people that you love as soon as possible. Get better at, you know, instead of listening to music in the morning, call somebody that you love and talk to them in the morning. It's going to make that much of an impact in your life because when you leave work, it's all about your personal relationships. And sometimes you need time for that. So I've really focused on getting better at personal relationships, that habit. And it translated in business too. We keep clients for 18 months since we've started. We've had our first client since we've started hanging out with us. And that's because we've strictly focused on keeping those relationships. Uh, and then the third habit I would say is really start to uh, hang out with people in environments of people that you like and, 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 and reinforce your beliefs and your core principles and have a vision just like you do. Um, because the people that don't have that vision, I'm sure you know, um, they're going to just, they're not going to be on the same page as you. And it's going to become frustrating if you're trying to change yourself. Yeah. So when you're trying to change yourself, hang out with people that are trying to change themselves as well. Go for the better goal because the people that aren't changing, not only are you not going to change because you're going to see their contentment and you're going to say, okay, that's, you know, it's okay to be like this. It's okay to, to sit on this couch and just drink Budweiser. It's okay to do that. It's okay to watch the Sunday game football team instead of making videos. Right. So get yourself in that environment, get in the habit of building new friends. And that comes with relationships. Powerful. Okay. So for whoever was listening, you're going to want to rewind for about the last five minutes and listen <laughs> to all of that again. Really, really powerful. And I, I mean, I so agree with all of the things you're saying. I, I, I want to highlight on number one on the YouTube. I love how basically you're taking out the challenge and the limitation of people doing videos. I want to ask you, um, what are your top three max potential habits that you believe got you where you are today? And that can be in, you know, I know success means something different to everybody, but at your level of success and in your life that you're creating, that's fulfilling for you, your business, your relationship, what would you say are three of your, your most foundational habits that got you where you are? Um, so if I go back to the beginning, the things that got me to where I are, and, and it, I, I love the title of the book, what got you here won't get you there. Mm -hmm. And so in the beginning, there were very different habits than what they are now. Because okay. in, in the beginning, it was getting there. Now it's growing it and maintaining it. It's very different habits. Yeah. And so getting there, which is that first piece, kind of step one, um, you know, th there's a formula I, I realized. And, and step one is you got to figure out what works. And so I went on a hunt of what works. Mm -hmm. And so the very first thing I did that helped me get there was just massively immersing myself in learning as much as I possibly could. And I yeah. just hunted down knowledge and information and I watched for people who were doing it and I listened to them and I, and I attended seminars and workshops and boot camps and trainings. And, uh, you know, these are, I got piles of books back here. I don't know if I can hold them up. Let me see. I'll grab a handful. <laughs> so I've been studying, whoops, whoops. I've been studying <laughs> business the last five years. And yeah. so I got piles and piles of business books that, yeah. you know, I'm constantly thumbing through and reading. And then yeah, on you, top you of see business, it in my, you see in my background there. 
That's all, right. All, right? I, that's, that would be my number one as well. Beyond business, this is level one and level two of Gottman relationship, marriage and family therapy training. Nice. Um, and, and so relationship is the other thing. Um, and what, the way I figured this out was when you're hunting to figure out what works, uh, I, I figured something out early, which was, hey, wait a minute. If I wanted to become a PhD in this topic, a doctorate level of understanding, how how long should it take and how much information should I acquire and what should I be proficient at in order to call myself a PhD in a topic? And I went and found a curriculum for a PhD course. And then I created my own version. I said, I'm going to create my own personal PhD. And the first one I started with was relationships. And I spent five years before meeting my wife, five years since we've been married, six. So I'm on 10, 11 years of my research and application of intimate relationship study and application. And awesome. I'm working towards my doctorate, my personal PhD in relationships. Yeah. And so I'm constantly reading books, constantly taking courses, constantly applying it in our own life. And I use this little philosophy, which is learn it, live it, give it. So learn what it takes to get the results you desire and deserve, live it, apply it fully in your own life, then give it and pay it forward and help others do the same. Lots of people like to learn it and then preach about it. Um, and, and they haven't done it themselves. So they don't know the real firsthand experience of how it goes down in their own life. Or they tried it, screwed it up, and don't talk about those things. Uh, <laughs> but live it. Figure out how to make it work by using the tools. So one, acquiring a massive amount of knowledge. My personal PhD. Um, I think I'm like five or six years into my business personal PhD right now. And 11 years into my relationship yeah. one. Uh, and I have more I want to do after that. But these are the first ones I'm starting with. Uh, besides that, so acquiring knowledge, um, other habits. Uh, I mean, I tried to figure out what's the minimum investment necessary to get the maximum ROI as quickly as possible first thing in the morning. And mm -hmm. what I mean is everyone talks about the whole wheel of life, all these categories you got to do good at. You got to do good in your health, your emotions, your relationship, your finance, your business, your spiritual life, giving, all these things. And I looked at the amount of time I needed to invest into my business to grow it in the beginning, which is basically all the time you have <laughs> to get it off the ground. And I was like, how in the world am every, I going to fit every any, second of the day? <laughs> every waking moment is what it takes to get a business off the ground. It's true in the beginning. It's definitely true. <laughs> and I looked at all these other pieces. And I'm like, how the hell am I supposed to fit anything else in my life in if every waking moment is required to drive this business forward? And so I said, wait a minute, minimum investment for maximum return. And I said, I wonder if I could get five out of seven boxes checked within the first 60 minutes of each day. I don't know if there's an answer, but I'm going to propose a question, see if we can get something. Yeah. And I sat down and I was like, okay, health and fitness. That's easy. I'll go for a run. Emotions. Ah, on the run, I had heard about this concept of doing an emotional flood, flooding into my mind and body, all the things I'm grateful for, excited about, dreaming about, working towards. All, all, you know, all affirmations, incantations, saying these phrases to power myself up, uh, speaking aloud my 20-year vision for my life, speaking aloud my one-year goals and commitments for the day. So like, oh, that's emotions. 
and, and fitness. So I take a run and on the run, I think and, and speak these goals and affirmations and incantations and emotions and things, gratitude. And then I was like, well, spiritual, wow. I could say a prayer. You know, I could connect with nature. I could connect with the universe and God as a finishing that run and coming back home. There's three. I was like, relationships. I don't really like going running with people. I like running by myself. I was like, but I could think of someone I love and flood good energy into them on the run. And I could write them a quick text message or email just real quick the moment I get home and tell them three things I really appreciate about them. Oh, relationships, got it. So I got four. Business, like, nah, I'm gonna spend all day doing that anyways. <laughs> Finances, it's kind of at that point in, when you're just launching a business is tied to finances. So I'm like, eh, it's kind of tied together. It was like giving back. I was like, ah, what if I look for a random act of kindness I could do each day on a run, whether it's helping an animal, helping the planet, which is like picking up a random piece of trash or something, whether it's helping a person, doing something kind for somebody. I was like, bingo. I've literally got six out of eight things or five out of seven things covered within the first 60 minutes of waking up. Now I give myself permission to spend the rest of my waking hours crushing it in business to get this thing off the ground. Now that has changed dramatically over the years. That was to get here, to get here, total and absolute focus and intensity. And I wow. needed to get all those things covered in the first 60 minutes to get myself all day and night. And I worked from 7 a.m. to probably 9 p.m. every day, seven days a week for, God, how many years was that? Probably four, five, six years to get real traction and off the ground before I changed my schedule a little. Yeah. Um, and at that time, I was making, I was living in the front den of a house. I had three other roommates. So I lived in the front den. I had a curtain as a door. I had a laptop, the internet, and a cell phone, which is all you need to get into the coaching business. I had 250 hours of training and five years experience being a coach to, to start my own little coaching practice. Um, and I, I ramped that up from zero to a hundred thousand dollars in, in top line revenue within eight months. And I was like, wow. And, and making a hundred thousand in revenue when your rent is 500 bucks and your overhead total is 2,000 a month. Uh, feels like you're rich, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I was yeah. like 24 years old. I'm like, I'm <laughs> killing it. <laughs> um, and so at 24, I felt like I was dominating life somehow and totally crushing it. And, and I had a lot of learning to do sure. um, because I, I did all the things to get there and, and I made the mistake of not knowing how to then grow it. I just knew how to get there. And so my finances got there, spent it, got there, spent it, got there, spent it. That's what my finances look like. And that's not very good. Yeah. And so over time, you know, that next lesson was figuring out what got me here won't get me there. Yeah. And I had to go back to education and say, ah, who can I learn from now? Because I figured out and I learned all the basics to get a business off the ground. But I said, who do I go learn from now that'll show me how to actually grow a business? Yeah. So I figured out how to, how to get a business off the ground, I, I, but I didn't know how to grow a business. Um, and I might refine the words I, I thought it was a business. I figured out how to get my private coaching practice off the ground. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to grow or run a business. And so I had the transition from a private practice to a business. And that was an interesting transition. 
Because yeah. um, it's like, oh my God, that's totally different. What would you say are three max potential habits that helped you get where you are today? I would say know what you want. For so many years, I just kind of, I give that power away to people. I let them decide for me on things. Yeah. And right now, was it a couple of weeks ago, my youngest daughter came to me and said, uh, one of his uh, uh, fellow, one her, her fellow band members is annoyed with her because she refused to choose what instrument she want to play for that period. <laughs> and something just went ding, 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 ding <laughs> in my head. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Let's, let's, let's have a talk about this. I said, you must always choose. You cannot let other people decide for you. Mm. I, I mean, I mean in, in most situations, if, when you don't know what you want, it's easy for you to be led astray. It's easy for you to pick up other people's agendas. It's easy for you just to go with the flow. Okay. But when you know what you want, you have a big picture of what you want to do, where you want to go, all, all of your activities, the decisions you make, they are informed by that, by knowing what you want. So I think that's the biggest thing for almost everybody. Decide what you want. What do you awesome. want to achieve? Yeah. I mean, so that's powerful. If, if you can answer that question, then everything else will be easy because then you'll know what to tackle. You know what to, what to put your energy on. Yeah. Um, second thing, I would say use a planner, however, yes, <laughs> however, electronically or physical. I like the physical um, because it reminds there's like a beautiful quote on it, and it, it reminds me to be powerful and 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 to be creative and all that. Because it just with everything that I have to do, I have to be able to really see a big picture of where the the days are going, where the weeks are going, the months are going, the year are going. Some things are planned like a year and a half, two years in advance. So a planner or some kind of um, place where you keep everything together that makes sense to you, I think that's invaluable. That's mm -hmm. invaluable. Um, another one is don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm. That, that's really one, uh, oh my gosh, I have really that issue. I don't know if it was because I didn't really grow up with my mom and dad. So there was really no one for me to ask for anything. Yeah. And perhaps that's why I learned how to do so many things. Yeah. Uh, because I didn't have mom and dad to say, mom, I want this, uh, dad, I want this. Um, so asking is a very difficult thing for me to do. Mm -hmm. But I realized asking is one of the biggest success secrets ever. Yeah. Because something that could take you just you know, a day to answer, now you're trying to answer it in a week, in a month. When you yeah. could just make a phone call or send a message, and ask for help and boom, it's right here. Yeah. Asking for help can really shorten your learning curve. What would you say are the top three max potential habits that got you where you are today? And, and we could go either Instagram habits or just general. And I think we've given so many incredible Instagram tips. Let's go with your general habits. You know, what would you say are the top three habits that got you where you are today? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, we, we actually talked about this before we started recording, but number one top first and foremost is forgiveness. 100% learning how to uh, let go, let go of any ill will I have. I mean, and this is obviously a, pro a work in, pro in progress. So it is for all of us, but let go of any ill will or judgment I had to I have towards others, forgiving myself for the mistakes that I've made or not feeling like, you know, I, I am where I should be. 
first and foremost is forgiveness. If I, I know because I've seen it, if I'm carrying around any sort of resentment, any sort of um, harsh expectations, harsh judgment, I just can't show up in the way I need to, to really serve. It's like something closes in my heart or in, in my ability to really add value to people. Um, so first and foremost is, is 100% forgiveness. Um, second, I would say is really developing the ability to be curious, uh, and recognizing when just, just being really open to like, what am I curious? This is how my Instagram business started. I, or, or sorry, how Instagram became a part of my business. I was just curious about it. I was just sort of, for some reason, I was driven to find out about it. You know, mm -hmm. there was a huge, like, okay, I'm interested. Like I want to push further on this. So I'm always, I'm open, but I like, I'm always open to information. I'm selective with what I actually put my time into. But when something catches my eye, when I'm like, Ooh, I'm interested in that for some reason. Like I, for some reason I'm driven to find out more about that. I've really learned to pay attention to that. And to, you know, when I have the, what, like, you know, time allowing or whatever, but dig into it a little bit and be like, what is it I see here that I'm so interested in? Cause it might like, you know, Instagram is not going to be the app forever. I'm pro my business is probably going to evolve and same with everybody listening. You're probably going to evolve, you know, cause who you can help now is very different than who you can help 10 years from now. So I'm always very aware and very like cognizant of when I get curious about something and investing a little bit of time into it and being like, why am I so curious about that? What is this for me? Um, and then I would say the third thing, what would be the third potential habit? Um, I would like, so I really, really struggled with self-discipline and essentially kind of staying on track and scheduling when I first started working for myself. If you've had a job most of your life, the one thing that you take for granted is that you're given structure. I, I took that for granted, right? Is that you're given structure when you go into that job. So you don't need to worry about that part. You don't need mm -hmm. to worry about the part where you don't know what to do or how your day is blocked out. When you start working for yourself, holy man, it's a different ballgame. So I would say the self-discipline and learning how to structure myself, this ties in a lot with forgiveness, with like being okay with when you don't do enough that day or whatever. Mm -hmm. So the self-discipline and what I do, which what really works for me is for my days that I'm going to be working, I make a list of three to five things that I need to do that day. Um, I stay on the first thing until it's done. And then I do whatever I want to do. I take a break, whatever. And then I stay on the second thing until it's done, take a break, whatever. And the things that you like, the biggest struggle I had is like, well, am I focusing on the right thing? And it's like, you don't know that till you do it. That's like being like, you know, I don't know that, uh, to me, that's putting the cart before the horse, right? Yeah. So yeah. You just need to make the things that you think you should be focusing on that you're, that feel right. That you're being told to focus on, execute them and then see the results. And like, okay, so if that didn't create what you needed to create, cool, we'll change the thing. But you need the habit of being able to structure yourself, to have your own, like when you're working for yourself on your own time frame, and also being able to like, just to, to execute and to focus and to work in that way. What would you say for you has, have been your top three max potential habits that have gotten you where you are today? Great question. Um, one is I'm, I'm always hungry to learn and I don't know that, that, that was, that started when I was a kid. So all I've had to do is kind of feed that, um, for, for whatever the reason it was kind of in my DNA. And, um, so I'm always hungry to learn. I'm always learning new things. I'm always trying new things. Um, I, I'd say the other habit is I'm very connected to my vision. And mm -hmm. when we do vision work with the 12 week year, 
we don't just do it around your business. We start with your life because business is part of life. So there's an emotional connection to what I'm doing Monday through Friday and the life I want to live. Um, the other one is just, just understanding that there's a price to pay. Mm. Anything worthwhile takes effort. So I've been willing to pay that price on a daily basis. Now I'm not, you know, it sounds like I'm the superhero. I'm not, I, I, I don't execute perfectly. Um, there's weeks I stumble, but um, week in, week out, day in, day out, you know, I'm clear on the fact that, look, if I want to live this life, I have to do these things, whatever that takes. If I want to, if I want to be healthy, I got to go to the gym. I got to, I got to eat better. And it's not, it's not going from one diet to the next. It's not going from, you know, South beach to paleo to keto. It's about daily habit. It's the daily mundane, if you will. Yeah. And, and so I've been, um, I've been clear on that. And, and I think, you know, willing to pay that price on a daily basis. So tell us three max potential habits that you feel like are, have been impactful in getting you where you are in any area of life or business. Yeah. I will say the first one is, uh, staying in the listening. It, it is something that is, that I think makes me a, a natural coach <laughs> and makes, and makes every, every, uh, interaction that I have even richer because I really enjoy staying in the present moment and being in the listening. And it's about listening to what's being said and what's being unsaid. Mm -hmm. And this has helped me in business. This has helped me in intimate relationship. This has helped me in, in all areas of my life, really staying in the listening as opposed to future tripping or, you know, going into some past pain, but just staying mm -hmm. present in the listening. Okay. Uh, the other I would say is my, um, my evening and morning routine <laughs> that is, that is critical to, uh, my own, to my life, to my success, to my well being, and quite, and quite simply, uh, doing, doing, knowing, knowing the way that I, knowing the way that I can optimize my time and energy best. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's something too. And I'm happy to share, like, yeah, share yeah. I'm curious. I do a morning and evening routine as well. Yeah. I'm curious what, what is yours? So my, my evening is, and I'm, so I'm a morning person. I'm not a night person. So okay. I am often, I'm often like lights out by like nine 30. <laughs> okay. uh, so as before I go to bed, I put my phone into airplane mode. I take a very, very, very hot shower. I get into bed and I have a 10 minute sleep meditation that I listen to and then I'm out like a light. Wonderful. Um, when I am, when I get up in the morning and I'm usually up five, five 30, um, I, it, first thing I do is meditate. After I meditate, I drink a large Mason jar of warm water with lemon then, and then I'll read and write in my journal, all sort of happening right then and there. And then once all of that is complete, I will put my phone back on Wi-Fi and have my coffee. Nice. It's 
awesome but, boundaries right it's the even that is the boundary the wi-fi turning the off wi-fi is a boundary. this i've been doing this now for almost four years it has i would literally say this is the number one practice i would credit yeah. for completely shifting my energy when i wake up in the morning i used to wake up someone who thought what do what do, what do, what do i need to worry about today yeah yeah. What do we need to worry about today? Yeah. And instead you're priming yourself through meditation, journaling, relaxation, connecting with yourself to gear yourself up to be inspired all day long. Yeah. And sometimes it's an hour. Sometimes it's two hours before I put my Wi-Fi back on. And you know, the world hasn't come to an end. Yeah. <laughs> and I, my, my, my people in my life who are close to me know that even if something you know, even if something horrible happens, I'll find out when I put my Wi-Fi back on. Yeah. Yeah. Or even if something wonderful happens, let's let's say yes, both. yes. I'll find <laughs> out. And fortunately, you know, I'm up early enough in the morning that, you know, my Wi-Fi is generally back on before like the rest of, you know, people yeah. are doing whatever. So it's not a big deal. But for me to wake up and not look at my phone and see all the notifications and not get sucked into yeah. anyone else's anyone else's urgency. You know, yeah. it's like not mine. I'm going to do what I need to do for me first. That's powerful. I love yep. that. Try that out, everyone. Listen, yep. Just for a week. Try it out and see Try how it feels. See, see it. And then I'd say the third thing is, um, is getting out in nature. <laughs> uh, I'm a, I live in Boulder. <laughs> I'm a big hiker. And it's really important to me to be able to get out, to get out in nature and, you know, just be. All right. Tell us your top three max potential habits that you believe got you where you are today. Oh yeah. The max potential habits. One is, uh, I, I am high, super incredibly high integrity about everything I do. I do not like being late. I do not like, um, not following through. And I think it, it, it speaks volumes about the, the pace at which I've been able to progress in all areas of my life, whether it's football, mm -hmm. whether it's this profession here, uh, and so for me, when I say integrity, it's not just doing the right thing. It's doing what you said you're going to do. It's just, it's, that's it. So I'm very keen on what I say I'm going to do. Like I, I, I don't put a lot out there because I'm going to do all of this. That's a big piece. Um, it's being very clear of showing up because when somebody feels respected like that, that, that goes a long way. And I think all your success lives and dies in the dark. If the conversation had about you in a private room, which will make your business or your life, whatever, live or die. So if somebody says something that's bad to say about you, that's because you did them wrong. And don't think because you did something wrong and nobody knows it's not going to come back. It always does. What you do in the dark comes in a light. So integrity, it's the one thing I hammer on my kids big. It's like, you got to be a person of your word in all aspects. And uh, yes, that's one piece. The other one is, is realizing I'm not going to die. I don't know if it's a habit, but when I look at a lot of, that's weird to do it out of preference. I, I realize without a preface, it sounds odd. Like you're going to die. Just so you guys know, you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. Um, at some point, I mean, you're not going to die if you take this scary leap. That's the thing for me. And so I, I look at things and I've found that uh, along my life's journey, all the things that I was afraid of, I was afraid for a reason because it had some sort of importance. And what scared me was the thing that I didn't know could happen. I always focus on the unknown negative. This is going to go wrong. This is going to be bad. And then I look back at my college coach and he was like, hey, you know, I never want you to get into a football game on your first rep, um, be the first time you've taken a snap. I was like, what do you mean? Like the first rep, it's the, the beginning of the game. It could have been another snap. He goes, no, you got to visualize it. 
And when you visualize, don't visualize yourself making a, you know, a, a missed tackle or dropping a ball. Like visualize that you killed that play, that you had the best play. So it's like you show up there, you've already done this. It's like clockwork. And so for me, I'm really big on making sure that I, I show up and do things in a, a, a different stance, different perspective than most people would. So I, I go into things realizing I'm not going to die. And my focus goes towards heavy on the positive. I envision the all and then unknown that scares me. What is the unknown positive? What's the yeah. unknown great? And so that's I'm great. always focused on that. And that's what and the Ninja Warrior was. I'm telling you, everybody was like, this guy's too big. It's just not going to happen. If I had to focus on him too big, in the moment it got harder, I'd have been like, oh, I'm too big. It's okay. Yeah. I was like, no, no, no. God, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get that buzzer right there. And so the perspective changes because where my focus goes, energy flows. So I'm always looking at things from the stance of, I'm not going to die. Uh, and then the last one is... I guess habit-wise, I don't know how you would look at this as a habit, but I, I want to make sure that I communicate to everybody at the level they need to be communicated to. So for my kids, with my wife, with my clients, I don't try to highball it, go big. Uh, I realize that my job is to connect with human beings, and it, no matter what it is, and that comes with me. The Covey says, treat everybody the same by treating everybody different. And I love that one. So in my life, every, my kids... I treat them the same, but I treat them different. Like they all get yeah. that difference from them. My clients the same way. Like I realize everybody has a different need and that gives me a lot of empathy and compassion for the world. Realizing that just because it frustrates me doesn't mean it, it's any different. Like the whole thing with like people saying, oh, you had a really tough you know, situation. Like, and I see people in the world like, well, you didn't go through what I went through. So it's difficult and you can't even, you know, it's like, yeah, but if you think about the emotional impact, if we had to put on a scale, like the, the emotional Richter scale, me going through what I went through for me was, 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 was you know, high. At this point, looking back, like, I, I navigated. Like, I might have been like an eight for me. But as some kid who might have had a silver spoon, when mom and dad, you know, took them out of a sport, that could have been a 10 for them. Yeah. The emotional Richter scare could have been. So emotionally, relatively, that person did feel something. You know, yeah, they didn't feel my thing, but is that a, a, a moment for me to step in and make them feel worse? Like, right. no. Like it's a relative thing. So for me, I, I look at every human I'm around and what's going on in their heart. My habit is to lean towards the aspect of, I don't know what their story is, what their relative pain is. And so if I'm really going to be the guy that, that you see talking like this, I got to show up with integrity and be the guy that lives and loves people the way they need to be. Yeah, those are incredible. And, you know, it's interesting to think about habits. I like how you're saying, you know, I don't know if this is a habit. And the truth is, I think about almost everything we do as a habit. It's you implementing certain ways of being that become habitual characteristics of yourself. So you've yeah. shaped your identity around these and mindset as a habit, you know, so you shifting toward the positive. I think a lot of people get stuck. I love number two, where you talked about realizing I'm not going to die if I take that scary leap, because most people think I'm going to take the scary leap. And then they make up a whole bunch of stories about what's going to happen in the negative direction. Yeah. And mm -hmm. all you need to do is take the scary leap and look to the positive and expect that to happen instead. Who knows what outcome exactly you'll get. You might have to take multiple leaps multiple times to get the outcome you want, but yep. we make up all kinds of scary stories. You might as well make up a fun, positive one. Yeah, and <laughs> right? then we have this thing, it's just like failure, because it's failure is what we're worried about. Yeah. The problem is people don't realize that there, there's levels, like JD says, there's levels to this stuff, right? There's, yeah. there's levels to it and failure, the problem is there's actually six levels. The top one is like, it's just, you know, abject failure, the end of it. It's all going to, right, it's done. Structural is like, hey, it's heavy structure, but it could, you know, you know mess up, but it, it, it can still be fixable. Below that you have a level, it's kind of like this, um, like, you know, like, uh, I don't know the word I usually use for, but it's kind of like, it's going to happen. It's like, you know, a catastrophic, like, all right, 
hit the mark like, all right, it's gonna blow up, right? It goes crazy. Then you have the expected or like common failure. And yeah. the common failure is like the thank you is made for that. Then you have the version failure, which is like version 1.0 of the iPhone. And there's the version 2.0. Then you have expected failure. And so what happens is we have things that are like version failure. For example, a relationship. Yeah. Man, this relationship ended. It was just version you know, 1.0. I'm unlovable. No one's going to love me. You stick it at the abject failure. And like, I can never be in a relationship again. And it's yeah. like, so now you give no effort. Like, you think it's the end of the road. And it might have been one that's just like, you know, the, the explosive failure. Like, ah, just blow this thing up and keep moving. There's different levels. And so when I say I'm not going to die, what I'm saying is I just don't put everything in the abject failure box. Yeah. Version or it's expected. Like, yeah, business. If you just, you just got into it, what the hell makes you think you should expect to win and make a million dollars right now? Like you should go yeah. in thinking this is version or expected failure. Then when it's a failure, you don't feel as bad. Like, mm -hmm. no, I knew it was going to happen. I failed. It's okay. Like that's where a lot of people who operate and say fail often. It's because they put these failures in lower boxes. And yeah. they grasp the meaning of them, what they're supposed to learn from them. And now we can move forwards. That's awesome. Super helpful. Rewind that everyone and listen and do version failure, fail faster, fail forward, fail smarter. I mean, mm -hmm. like I'm not, I love failing. I, I, and it's such a funny thing to say, but I go like, I learned, I, from my, I have learned volumes from every failure, you know, and I don't even, the, the word failure to me is funny because I think about it like mistakes. There are no mistakes. It's your attitude about it. It's your attitude about the failure. It's your attitude mm -hmm. of okay, what am I going to learn from this? How am I going to grow from this? What direction am I going to go now? So that was awesome. Thank you. Okay. Uh -huh. If not, that I, not I want you to die today or it's going to happen, but if you were, yeah. if you had last words, what would your number one tip for life be? For life? I would yeah. say, uh, I would say own your shift. Yeah. And, it's, uh, and there's, there's levels to that one too. Cause everything with me has levels. I, realize <laughs> I know. Like, I like, like this a, about you. You're very systematic. Like you've, you've got structure for things. <laughs> everything has a, a purpose and a place. I yeah. think too much, but I don't at the same time. I love, no, I love I things. Anyway. Great. So, so I look at own your shift is actually a statement I have written on my mind tent bracelet and, uh, and own your shift has three levels. So the first one, if you think about it, it's like, if you own your shift, like you can make some, you can make shift happen. I'm a little bit like, make shift happen in your life, whatever it is, like do some craziness and it's every day. So my community is called the shift starters, right? We just we start shift daily. Now to own your shift is three tiers. One is to own my fault, my responsibility, either one. It could be your fault. If it's not your fault, it's definitely your responsibility, right? Own that it's, it's my thing that got me here, right? Mm -hmm. Then your says it's your job to do the work. Like it's not somebody else's. Like you got, you can feel as well, here was my fault. Here was like, you know, whatever it was. Now, okay, damn, it's my fault. I got to do the work now. Like you, you can't say this took place. I'm owning this, but it was your fault. Yeah. You got to fix this. I, I got to, I got to fix it. And then the shift, the shift is the actual work. Like now that you know, something's wrong and you know, it's you're on you to do it. Some people will be like, I don't want to do it. I'm going to sit back and they just keep enduring it over and over and over. Whereas for me, it's like, no, no, no shift, like do that work. And then you come back and now you can own your shift to make shift happen. You've given a lot of good tips there. So I think three max potential habits for right. business would be amazing. I like this question. Um, and I'm just, I'm just, I'm winging it. Go for it. <laughs> Curiosity. Ooh, good one. Consistency. Mm. And a willing to willingness to struggle. Ooh, that's a really great one. You know, people will tell me, Robert, 
you know, you, you live this purposeful life, you know, you, you, you live in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, you have a good life, you've written a book, you're influencing the world, you know, you get up on stage and talk in front of people and you seem energized and passion and people, you know, people will talk to me about purpose and passion. And I'm saying to this workshop I spoke at this weekend, I said, honestly, I've never asked myself, what is my purpose? You know, I, I've never have. And, you know, I know a lot of men's coaches say, man, you got to find your purpose. You got to live it with passion. I, I agree. We, we need to live purposely and with passion. But I've never actually set out to look for my purpose. But what I've done is I've been willing to struggle with things. So, like, when I said, you know, when I started going to, like, a 12-step group, all right, you know, I, I need to figure some things out about me. Why did I act in this way? What, 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 what do I need yeah. to do differently? Or yeah. then, you know, when I started hearing nice guys saying the same thing I was, well, okay, what's this about? So what I was shared like in the, this workshop this weekend is that everything that I do in my life, everything I've written, talked about, talked about here, have been stuff I've struggled with. I mean, I still bungle my way through relationships, and I had a PhD in marriage and family therapy at 29. I'm still trying to figure out relationships, and I keep learning, and what I learn, I then share with people. So there's a willingness to struggle in there. Okay, I'm going to struggle. I'll, I'll go to therapy. I'll get a coach. I'm in a men's program now. I've been in the last two years. I've had a coach. And in a men's program, we do workshops, retreats, we meet regularly. I've started smaller groups to help me with my exercise, with my writing, with other commitments. So, you know, I, I, I still struggle with stuff. I still go get these resources to help me. I'm still curious as to, you know, okay, why am I struggling? Why isn't this working? How come I'm procrastinating? I'm curious about yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I would say at least the feedback I get from people that know me, other men say, they'll say, Robert, I, I really respect your consistency. Yeah. You'll stick with stuff, you know, and get all the way through it. Because a lot of men can be a little bit impulsive, like, oh, I'll do this get rich scheme, or I'll, yeah. I'll dive into this thing, or I'll do this deep dive into this topic. And then, you know, three weeks or three months later, they're bored moving on to something else. So yeah. I, I think my ability to stick with something over time um, has paid off. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Max Potential Habits podcast. If you're liking what you've heard, it would be so incredibly awesome if you would subscribe to the channel and leave a five-star rating and a written review. This helps me help more people while we grow our NFA community so we can rock it out together. For Max Potential Habits resources, go to nfacoaching.com where you can access all of my resources. There's free ebooks, PDF checklists, a journal template, a business mindset meditation kit, and so much more. Plus, links to NFA Coaching on Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And if you're super serious about upleveling, there's also a link to schedule a free consult to work with me in group or one-on-one -on -one coaching. Until next time, I hope you have a Max Potential Habits Day where you get inspired to do whatever it takes to transform into the most empowered version of yourself so you can lead a rich, thriving, kick-ass life and business.